Hi, Shannon Waller here, and welcome to Inside Strategic Coach with Dan Sullivan. Dan, once again, we are coming back to our Scary Time Success Manual and doing a deep dive into each of the strategies, and we're already at number eight, which I think is actually quite spectacular. So strategy number eight is forget about events, focus on your responses. Mm -hmm. And the whole mindset around Scary Times has been really profound for a lot of people because it really helps take your attention away from those things that you can't control, but really put them on to what you can. And this is another great example of this. So why is it important to not get so incredibly focused on events, but instead focus on how you respond? Yeah, well, if you just take it back before scary times, Shannon, to kind of normal times. Mm -hmm. Well, normal times, we actually have the feeling that we actually have control over a lot of things, our daily activities, you know, your schedule, you know, what you're able to do in terms of activities and everything mm-hmm. else. So there's a sense of control. And I'm not against a sense of control at all. And I don't want to talk about that. It's not a great thing to be out of control because I think it's a bit nerve wracking. But mm-hmm. I think that what scary times do is that they kind of remind us what in fact is actually under our control. As I thought through this, it seemed to me that there's really only one thing that you're actually in control of, and that's your response to events. I don't think you're in control of the events. I think you can be, if you choose to be, you Mm -hmm. can choose to be highly responsive to controls. And that's sort of an internal control rather than Mm -hmm. an external control. I think Under normal times, I think it's a bit delusionary that we actually have control over a lot of things that happen outside of us. But most successful people that I know in my life who are largely entrepreneurs seem to not extend their sense of what they can control too far outside of themselves. They tend to Mm. just be very, very quick to notice new things, to notice changing things, to notice things that didn't work the way they used to and be able to respond to that very, very quickly. So I'm just saying that scary times kind of removes you from the illusion that you have a lot of control (laughs) over things that happen outside of yourself. And I would imagine that fighting that reality kind of prevents you from being responsive, right? Yeah, so actually it, I, responding creatively. Yeah, I think it demoralizes people. Mm. And I'll see people who are demoralized. You know, I've come across not many because we're mainly communicating inside of our own strategic coach team. And we've determined all sorts of new things that we actually can be in control of. All of us inside of Strategic Coach have been really kind of blown away by the positive, creative mindset of our clients. Mm -hmm. But in every case where somebody's feeling upbeat or someone's feeling very, very positive, it seems to me a function that they have control over their responses, not that they Mm -hmm. have control over their events. Mm, good one. Well, and it's interesting because one of the things I really liked that you talked about was how quickly the people we've been spending time with have been able to pay attention to what's going on, pay attention to nuances, see opportunities for making a contribution, even if it was different than what they were doing before. But you're right, they're really paying attention to what they can impact, not focusing on that other part. So there's a whole ability to be creative, I think, that is part of what you're talking about here. 
Yeah. Well, you know, I think it's fundamental to being an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes I think that the main motivation to become an entrepreneur in the first place mm-hmm. is that you're in a situation where events are kind of controlling you. Right. And you want to escape from that. I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of different aspects to the entrepreneurial motivation. But I think that there's an early understanding that you can have almost an unlimited amount of internal control. And in situations where you don't have external control, you can actually escape from being confined or being limited. But the current scary times, which is unique in human history, where Mm -hmm. we're being shut down or locked down, whichever term you want to use, is very, very interesting because a lot of people who are used to being in control Mm. in a normal sense are being confined to their homes. You know, they can't go out and congregate. They can't go out and mingle. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's lots of activities. They can't travel. They can't go to the office. There are no places of gathering that are open. Restaurants are closed and Mm -hmm. sports events are closed. And I think if you have a sense of being in control, that probably it's very, very demoralizing. Whereas I think entrepreneurs, because of an earlier decision in their life that goes many times back to teenagers or even children, they've always understood that the sense of control they could have in their life was over their own responsiveness, which really requires that they be very creative. You know, mm-hmm. that they, they have to create new things. And there's a whole series of things which are aspects of controlling your responsiveness and growing your responsiveness. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's almost like a big lesson, you know, it's like a big planetary lesson. And I think people who are used to being in control of other people are, in some cases, kind of angry. And they're kind of angry and they're very depressed and they're very pessimistic because they don't know if they'll ever get their prior control back again. Mm. That's so interesting. Yeah, a lot of people are like, yeah, their lives may be permanently altered. And if they're not creatively responsive, they're going to stay stuck in that old way of doing things. Dan, one of your lines here I really like, anytime there is fear, uncertainty, or discomfort, it's an excellent time to focus your attention on energies on being creatively responsive to all the unpredictable events that lie ahead. So you're actually seeing this as an opportunity then to be even more creative and responsive because things have changed. Yeah, well, I mean, certain things that I talk opportunities are where I have no other choice. (laughs) 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 I mean, a lot of your feeling positive is just facing the reality of what's actually (laughs) taking place. I remember the flight back from Chicago when more or less that was the last time we did one of our live strategic coach workshops was that day. And then we Mm -hmm. flew home on a Friday night. By the time I got home, I was already adjusted to the fact that a main activity that has been the center of my life for the last 30 years, which is strategic coach workshops, was Mm -hmm. not going to be available easily for a quarter, you know, going ahead for a quarter. We knew that the next three months were probably gone. Mm-hmm. So, you know, by the next morning, I had already adjusted to that fact. I mean, it was gone. You know, that event, I mean, strategic coach workshops are a big event in our life. But that event was gone. You know, we we just couldn't do that event. 
I tell you, I was kind of pleased with myself at how fast I had switched. Something that was so central to my life for the last 30 years was kind of gone overnight, and I didn't think about it. Now the big question was, in place of the strategic coach workshop, what do we do next? And that took us, you know, a couple of weeks to work out, and there were a lot of people working on it besides myself. So I think as a company, we adapted really quite extraordinarily quickly uh-huh. to the fact that the main activity of our lives, you know, for over 100 people, you know, it's the money-making activity we have. That was gone. And it wasn't so much as how do we make money. It was, well, it's our main connector with our clients. Now, how do we connect with our clients? And that's where our creativity moved us on to technology. Uh And that's actually what's been really fun about this whole process, Dan. And, And you and I have talked about in previous conversations about not only are all the pieces going back in the box, but so is the game board going back in the box. But one of the things I've been really clear about is the pieces you want to pick back up are your capabilities, and you're going to put them together in a brand new way. So as you said, our our workshops were a main place where we connect with our clients, but we still want to connect with our clients. So we figured out, lots of team members figured out, these connection sessions, and you've been doing them with your clients, and we've done power-ups and all of these, most of my Zoom. And so it's been so fun. As our, a lot of our clients are saying, I feel more connected than ever with you than I did before, which is just a really wonderful acknowledgement to hear. But again, if we assume that things were old normal and we got stuck in that, we wouldn't be coming up with the new ideas. That was one of the unpredictable parts of this past experience of just how well our entrepreneurial clients have actually responded to this. I mean, it's really surprised me, actually, some of the responses to this. It's been so surprising to me you know, I've had the thought, well, why didn't we start doing this 10 years ago? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, there's a little yeah. bit of reworking of history. You know, uh, <laughs> anytime you suddenly come across a new capability, you said, oh, well, I, you know, I kind of knew about this five years ago. Why don't yeah. we get on top of it? But the circumstances for taking advantage of it weren't there five years ago. And mm-hmm. the scary times has really given us the circumstances where because there really isn't any option except the technological one, I think we've fully embraced it, and I think we're fully engaged with it. We're just finding out all sorts of new things that we can do continually week by week. And uh, it's like we discovered an entirely new roadway, or we discovered an entirely new way of actually communicating and actually connecting, which we had no reason to think about before, but because it was the only option open to us, then we completely switched our, our attention and our focus and our talents. We moved them over. Mm-hmm. And I want to just before we jump into our such great coaching steps for how to do this, which I really appreciate, Dan, but you mentally flipped faster than anyone else I know in this whole COVID-19 crisis. You mentally flipped over and you have this amazing ability to let go of the thing that was no longer true. And I think that really has provided a lot of leadership, not only for our clients, but also for our team. So thank you for that. Just wanted mm-hmm. want to let well, you know. I appreciate that. You know, I mean, it's been very, very confirming of a lot of our philosophy about entrepreneurism, mm-hmm. you know, that we've been communicating ever since I became a coach in 
1974 and then the mm -hmm. birth of the program, the Strategic Coach Program in 1989. I mean, <laughs> we're always talking about how you have to be very adaptable and responsive if you're going to be a continually and increasingly successful entrepreneur in today's world because markets change fast. What customers are looking for changes very, very quickly. Mm -hmm. But this was a real test of whether we actually practice what we preach. <laughs> Very true. That's a really good point. So, Dan, let's jump into the action steps or, you know, strategies, let me call them that. So, the first one, which we've been alluding to a little bit, is creativity, not control. Mm -hmm. You focus on creating new capabilities, opportunities, and collaborations because you know that what used to seem under control no longer is. So, let's talk about that a little bit. Well. What was under our control previously is that personally I have, you know, a lot of workshop days scheduled for 12 months ahead, and that's been the case for the last 30 years, and there's a whole set of, you know, how you organize yourself and how you get ready for things and how you create new things. I mean, there's vast methods and structures and different kinds of teamwork, and in an instant, that's all taken off the table for the foreseeable future. So then you have to fall back to what are the capabilities that are valuable nevertheless? What opportunity do you now have and how do you have to collaborate to do that? So I think that what's important was not what your normal schedule is, it's what is your normal schedule underneath it as a foundation? What are the capabilities, opportunities, and collaborations so when we look down into the foundations of what we've been doing for 30 years, we discover, well, we still have the same, you know, the working assets are still the same. We just have to reconfigure them. Uh -huh. We have a context. Basically, Strategic Coach is about a context. It's about entrepreneurism as a way of life. Well, that's not going to change. If anything, that's going to be heightened during the scary time. So our context is not only just as important, but it's even more important. And it's about then providing structure, structure and process for our customers, because that's the value creation aspect that people are willing to pay us for. And I said, well, we can still do that. People are willing to pay us for. And I said, well, we can still do that. We still have our context and we still have our value creation. Mm -hmm. It's just that we have to communicate it in a different way. That's great. And talking about it as a context is really useful. Mm -hmm. And I would imagine that in one of our breakout rooms, which I love in Zoom, someone made this comment in the general session too, Dan, that kind of any of the dinosaur entrepreneurs who have not grown, who have not adapted, are just going to be swept away. You know, and I think the ones that I see that are the people who are just focused on content or focused on transaction and they don't understand their own bigger context are the ones that don't have a reason to get out of bed in the morning or to get creative or get resourceful about this. So that's a really useful way to talk about this. I really like that. Mm -hmm. And then how quickly can you adapt? You know, I've been through this enough, I guess, in my lifetime that the only right time period to adapt is instantly. <laughs> You know, I've tested out adapting more slowly, and I've said it's wasted time. So you might as well do it instantly, because then you have access to the future that's available to you. We had three months available to us when 
we could do something differently and it's not going to be suddenly interrupted and we're taken back to our old normal next week. That's not going to happen. So I think just the instant recognition of what the score is and then the instant recognition, there's no time to be wasted trying to hold on or making it, doing it in a kind of a slow way or a gradual way. Don't do it in a gradual way, just do it in an instant way. It almost comes back to a philosophical, maybe even spiritual principle about just accepting what is right now. Mm -hmm. This is what we have. Past is gone. Future is, we made it up anyway. We talked about that before. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be a different future. But your ability to really process that and make that reality, I think, is the people, really, the ones that we've seen that have been the most successful. And you've been a great person to demonstrate that. So you've got Creativity, you're welcome. Creativity, not control, adapting quickly. And the next point you make, Dan, is really fun. It's called loving unpredictability. Now, talk to me about that because I know a lot of people who don't love unpredictability. I guess there's kind of a mindset of acceptance here. You know, since unpredictability is now available. (laughs) (laughs) Lying around. Why not love it? I mean, (laughs) so my sense is that There will be a time, you know, months ahead, maybe even in this calendar year, when there is a new normal and there won't be unpredictability, you know. So I said, well, we're getting the opportunity to get a full dose of unpredictability right now. So why don't we just enjoy the experience? It's a different kind of experience than any of us Mm -hmm. has had. So it seems to me to deny the reality, to refuse the reality, to hate the reality just doesn't seem to be a useful way to spend one's time and one's talent right now. Mm-hmm, so I said, mm-hmm. why don't I just love this? So something else happens. I said, oh, wow, isn't that interesting? Who knew how unpredictable things could be? You know? <laughs> right. you know, and this unpredictable thing is really, really interesting. You know, I think there's the virus, which was unpredictable, but there's a lot of you know institutions that we thought we could depend upon, which mm-hmm. were discovering unpredictably that they're not to be counted on. Individuals who we thought were leaders are turning out to be unpredictably not leaders. Famous people who we thought had some insight onto the situation turns out that they don't have any insight at all. And this is all unpredictable. Mm -hmm. So how do you respond to that? And I said, well, what can be predictable And so I think it simplifies. It simplifies. Well, I can be predictable. The people that I have great teamwork with, we can be predictable. Our basic context, you know, that entrepreneurism is a way of life. And this is a test to see how entrepreneurial you are. Well, that's predictable. So what I've seen is more and more, I've just gone to a deeper level over the last, you know, month or two. And I've just said, well, you know, everything that basically has been constant in our lives for 30 years, in my case, for going on 50 years, well, that's very predictable. I mean, we're going to be talking the entrepreneurial message, regardless what form we use to get the message out. We're going to be Mm -hmm. talking to people who are very, very much exactly the type of individuals that we've been looking for for three or four decades. That's predictable. So I've just gone back and created a new predictability. But Mm. in order to do that, you got to be okay that things are unpredictable. 
if I think about what I've been doing, what you've been doing, what we've been doing together, it's actually very predictable, which is really kind of fun. So much of my daily routine is actually the same. The difference is I don't get in my car to go do it, mm -hmm. right? So you're right. I almost have my schedule, my teamwork, and now technology has now become what's predictable, and it wasn't a hard shift to make that happen. Some of the external things are unpredictable, as you mentioned. And I love how you talk about enjoy and utilize the unpredictability because mm -hmm. that's where there's some opportunity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Even if we have a disruption in the future, everybody will have gained skill from this one, so right. it won't be such a surprise. Mm -hmm. I get a feeling that we're in for an era of things not being the way they were. This is, just happens to be one, and I mm -hmm. think healthcare, health and medical is really at the center of a lot of other issues in society, politics, economics, right. morality, ethics, religion. I think healthcare and medicine happen to be kind of at the crossroads of about 20 different major issues in society. Mm. You know, all the inequality issues come out here you know, how well off you are, what kind of savings you are, what kind of connections you have, they all, yeah. and they're all being activated at once. All these nerve endings are being activated yeah. at once. And I, I think that's what makes this so unusual. And I think in the future, you won't see a repeat of this. I think this is a once, maybe a once in history kind mm -hmm. of issue. Mm -hmm. I would agree, Dan. Mm -hmm. Dan, your fourth point here is that everything is useful. Mm -hmm. And this is not just a fact. It's actually a mindset. It's actually an attitude. So let's talk about that, how to look at things so that everything is useful, even if it's not comfortable in the moment. I like to expand my notion of my personal experience. Okay, so, you know, I get up like everybody else, and I go through a day, and I have lots and lots of experiences. And I've done away with the notion that any experience that I have is useless experience. And I notice people do. People right. say, well, that was a useless experience and everything else. And mm -hmm. I said, well, all useless means is that you didn't learn anything from it. Right. And what I strive to do is that every experience is useful. Now, you don't get to all of them. I mean, you only have a, so much attention. But what I try to do is to look at the things that other people consider are negative. And I said, oh, that's interesting. If they're negative experiences, probably people don't learn anything from them. So there's actually an opportunity to gain useful insights that are unique insights that are actually probably entrepreneurial insights from negative experience. Mm -hmm. And anytime you delve into any experience, three things happen is that your awareness goes up, your learning goes up, and your capability goes up if there's a repeat of that experience in the future. So I say, how can it be useless? Everything's useful. I mean, you don't get to most of it because our minds can only, I don't know about our minds, but our brain can only really focus at one thing at a time, and it takes time. So it takes an hour that's an hour when you weren't getting to other experiences but so you know i've treasured really the experiences that i've had during a very very unique period of human history and i i say i wouldn't have missed this for anything there's something so 
well, unpredictably, but positive about that way of looking at things. It's like, okay, how can I make use of this? Is which is mean? What can I learn from it? How can I get better? How can I expand yeah. my capabilities? I mean, that's just kind of a delightful way to approach the world, and it takes what could be a short-term negative experience and turns it into an opportunity for growth, which is pretty enlightened <laughs> to my way of thinking. In my earlier career, I worked at an ad agency. And there was a man there here in Toronto, and he had been a pilot with the British Air Force, mm -hmm. very famous during the Battle of Britain, which was a great historical year, basically. It was about 12 months when literally the fate of the United Kingdom and a lot of the world really depended upon the activities of fighter pilots. And mm -hmm. were, mm -hmm. These were... 19, 20, 21 year old. It was really interesting in talking to him that he hadn't actually lived since that experience. It was mm -hmm. so overpowering the experience and he had lost friends. Every day there was possibility that people that you felt very, very powerful friendship towards and you know that you were very devoted to these people would be shot out of the sky, they would crash. Mm -hmm. And I have a feeling that he lived intensely for about a year, but he didn't live after that. Mm. And that he kept going back to it. He had pictures in his office of, you know, him as a 20-year-old. And, you know, and he would point to certain individuals who had died. Mm. And it really struck me that he didn't have the ability when he was actually in that experience to learn from it. So he had to keep going back to it. Mm -hmm. And that that experience could have been used to actually develop his capability to learn from anything, mm -hmm. including that experience. But he was trapped in that experience. And I said, you know something? Nothing's ever going to happen to me that traps me. I'm always, I'm always going to get better at processing and utilizing my experience, regardless of how negative it is or how positive it is. I will never get trapped. And he was very sad. There was a sadness about him. And uh, I said, not me. I'm not going to get caught in that type of situation. And I have to say that I've done pretty well about that. You've done brilliantly with that. <laughs> I love it. So, Dan, so far we've talked about really focusing on creativity, not control, adapting quickly, loving unpredictability, and everything is useful. And your last point here is the world changes and you improve. Yeah. I really like this. Let me just read a little bit more. You have a big goal for this entire scary times period. The more the world around you changes its challenges, the more you will improve your ability to meet any challenge. Yeah. We're being challenged right now. We're being forced to raise our game right now, raise our understanding and our learning. So I don't want to miss any of the learning and growth opportunity during this period. I want to take full advantage of it and come out of it much stronger, much smarter, much more successful as a result of mm. this experience. So I get out of bed in the morning and I say, well, another day of challenge. Let's rise to the occasion. I love this, Dan, because it's like the opposite of being stuck in your comfort trap or comfort zone, right? This is like, no, let me welcome the challenge. You know, there's lots to utilize here. I'm going to come out of this better, stronger, 
it's really just all raw material for growth is I think how you're looking at this, which is such an entrepreneurial mindset. It's, you may go like gulp, but how can I get more capable and strong out of this is very much an entrepreneurial way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Entrepreneurs open themselves to a higher level of scare mm-hmm. just in normal times than I think other individuals do. One is that I think entrepreneurs should understand that they've made a conscious decision to do this. And that takes away the complaining about things that aren't working. That takes away the complaining about things that they thought they had under their control. They didn't actually have any control Uh over it to begin with. And that focus on being someone whose usefulness goes up in proportion to other people being scared, Mm. you know, that you stick out when others are trying to hide. Mm. And you can choose to do that or not to do that. It's just that if you make the choice, then it's a lifetime choice. So don't do it halfway. (laughs) No, because you really can't go back. I love our joke that, you know, once people have crossed into entrepreneurial territory, they make the worst possible employees. <laughs> They're no longer well, It's a life sentence. Entrepreneurship <laughs> is a life sentence. But it was a life sentence before you actually made the decision. You wouldn't have been probably good at anything else. No, I really love that. Well, Dan, this has been a wonderful deep dive into number eight, which again is forget about events and focus on your responses. What I'm leaving with today is really just make the best possible use of this scary time to build your capabilities, build your resourcefulness, take full advantage of technology, recognize how many things that you have that actually are predictable in terms of your value creation, your context, your relationships, even your technology. And that it's a new way of operating, but one that can actually be much better. And again, we'll come out better and stronger no matter what happens with the world, which is, mm-hmm. that's a very positive, optimistic way of looking at it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that. thank you. This has been a great conversation. Mm-hmm.